to me. podcast i i wanted to uh make sure that i got <laughs> dave martin's taking off his shirt <laughs> um when we started this podcast martin and i uh you know obviously we're liverpool fans and we talked we didn't talk a lot about liverpool but we did talk enough about liverpool and those other guys on the podcast now are not liverpool fans i didn't want to spend you know 45 minutes uh jerking off my my favorite team um so I figured I would get a couple other friends to uh, help me jerk off my favorite team. So we have uh, the original co-host of the podcast, David Martin, and a uh, good friend of the podcast, uh, David Kelly. There's three Davids on the podcast. We are definitely the Daves you know this week. Yeah. So. Did you know that if you sit on your hand until it's numb and then you jerk somebody off, it feels like somebody else is jerking them off? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like a double is that like double stranger? Is that what they call it? Sure, whatever. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, obviously, David Martin and I are both Liverpool fans. David Kelly is a is a Wolves fan, um, but has watched a lot of Liverpool matches at the bar with me. So I just want to start with we don't really have a, an agenda, so to be kind of free flowing and uh, hopefully try and wrap it up in about an hour. I don't want to spend a shit ton of time editing something. So um, where? Where were you guys when Liverpool won the title? Were you, were you watching the Were you watching the Chelsea Man City game? What was going on? I think I was. Uh, so I think I think we had a babysitter. Yeah, we had a babysitter this weekend, and I was just hanging out with Julia. There was no way I was going to get to take a, a rare moment away from the kids and be like, "Hey, Julia, why don't you go do your own thing? I'm going to do my own thing." That had to be couples times. So. Um, for me, it was like twi- Twitter, uh, the Twitter, you know, yeah. and uh, that's kind of how I got it. But uh, I-, I quietly gave a little pocket celebration uh, in my pants. Nice. David, are, are you counting? Uh, are you counting from when the when the whistle blew or when Chelsea went ahead? Because I'd have to like fucking triangulate that to the exact position on the couch that I was on. Okay. I mean, really it's an open question. <laughs> you can interpret it however the fuck you want. Yeah. Um. I was, like I said, laying on my couch and uh, cursing Bar for giving that fucking handball uh, because I wanted City to win because Chelsea was like two or three points ahead of Wolves at the time, and so I just wanted Chelsea to find a but. So I felt a little bad about rooting for City, but that's fair. Um, I was actually scheduled a appointment for my son um, that was from three thirty to four thirty. So I was watching the game live. Um, watched Kristen Pulisic uh, like make Benjamin Mendy look like a you know U twelve player um, with his stutter step, which was amazing. Uh, so saw that goal. 
And then I paused the game at the fifth, third minute. Chelsea was up one nothing. I paused it and then like turned my phone off because I was going to be gone for an hour. I knew the game would be like wrapping up right when my appointment would be over. Um, so then I, uh, when I turned it back on after the appointment was over at like 4.30, that's immediately when Man City scored the, the equalizer, <laughs> like in the 55th minute. Like literally, I, I think I paused it maybe just before the foul happened. They gave him the free kick, but they where they scored the goal. So that was just on. So I was actually, I was actually about probably about 40 minutes behind everybody in terms of like knowing what had happened. Um, but I made sure um, I had thrown a bottle of uh, champagne in my uh, fridge to keep it cool for hopefully I was planning on bringing it to the bar on Thursday to pop it after Liverpool beat city to win the title. Um, but I was able to pop it on, uh, last, uh, last Thursday instead. So, yeah. Um, so it was, uh, obviously this has been a long time coming and I, I've been a fan since 2002. Um, have we ever talked about our Liverpool fandom origin stories, Martin? Yeah. I think, I, I think variously. I mean, my, mine was brief. I, I uh, traveled abroad to uh, London when I was in college, uh, well, I mean, 20, 2007 or so. And uh, they had soccer in a bar, and I never watched soccer. But I didn't, I didn't grow up playing soccer. I didn't know anything about it. But they had soccer in a bar. And what the hell do you do when you're in London? But you go to a pub and you watch some football. And I did that. And um, nobody there was necessarily a Liverpool fan. But Liverpool was playing Arsenal, and uh, uh, it behooved whoever they liked that Arsenal should lose that day. So they were all kind of Liverpool fans for the afternoon. And um, I didn't want to get punched in the face by random uh, pub-going Englishmen. Either a Spurs fan or a Chelsea fan, probably. So (laughs) about that era could have been. And uh, so so I cheered, and and it was a watch party. And they don't, you know, I I had never experienced that because we don't have anything quite like that for any other sports here in the United States, except now that, soccer is so much taken off, uh, but I love the, the culture and uh, the involvedness of it. And I wanted to do more with that. And I came back and I immediately subscribed to MLSnet.com because I wanted to k- get some of the local variety. I think it was $5 a year back then. And it was a 512K stream. And like on the very first game that I watched, somebody scored from the uh, halfway circle because that's about where the talent level felt like it was at. Um, but whatever, I didn't care. That just, that started the whole ball rolling for me. So. So you started picking Liverpool because that was the team that they were all cheering for, for to follow. You know, my, my thought on is that, like, I, I see some people who say online or whatever, like I can't get into X, you know, premier league or whatever, because I don't have a team. I didn't grow up there. I'm not going to just invent an attachment, but honestly, I think that if you don't put such a high bar for yourself of it, and you allow the little winds of your life to push you in the direction that that's going to go, your uh, Premier League uh, fandom origin story is as telling about you and what shapes you as anything else. Everybody has a story about how they found their team, and some are mundane and some are profound, but it all speaks to the kind of a, a, a chain of experiences that got you there. Don't put such a high bar on it. Find something, and it becomes your story. Yeah, no, for sure. Mine uh... – because mine was uh, 2002, actually, um, watching the World Cup. And that was the World Cup that was in uh, uh, South Korea and Japan. So the games kicked off at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> and I was working a shitty, uh, uh, a shitty job, like, um, taking care of, like, baseball diamonds and stuff. So I would just be outside all day in the, in the, in the heat and the sun. 
Um, so I would, uh, so I was, yeah, I was, I was 20 years old at the time. So it was a, the 2002 World Cup. My buddy was a year younger than me, is a big Brazil fan. He's, his uh, father's from Brazil. So um, I remember just me and him going to another friend of ours who had a bar um, that would just, he would, he open and close the, he closed the bar. So you just leave the bar open and we would get there at like 1.30. So I would like work all day, like go basically straight to bed, like eat something, go straight to bed, wake up at like midnight and then, um, you know, start partying and watching soccer and then just keep drinking until like six o'clock in the morning. I would take like an hour and a half nap and then go to work and then work for like eight hours out in the, in the, uh, in the sun. And die. I should not die. I was not a, I was, the, the baseball diamonds were not, uh, not very well maintained that, uh, that summer. And so actually, so that was a year that us went on their run to the, uh, to the quarterfinals. Um, and they got jobbed by, uh, by Germany and the referee there. Um, but the other player that I really fell in love with, uh, watching was Michael Owen. He was probably one of the best players on the planet at the time. Um, and, uh, just, I was like, where the hell does this guy play? You know, this is like one of the best players I've ever seen. Um, right before, like, he had all his, uh, his knee issues and stuff. And it was Liverpool, and I was like, okay, well, I'll, you know, I can start trying to figure out how to watch it. And it was literally, it was like going to random bars that, you know, where expats lived at, where they paid the, whatever, the satellite fees to, <laughs> to get matches, right? So, like, Brits, yeah. a great example. Like, they, you know, before all the, explosion of soccer it was really hard to watch soccer now it's like you can watch every single soccer match you possibly can think of so mm -hmm. david martin how or kelly how did you get into it how did i get into liverpool or wolves like how did i get into my premier league team yeah <laughs> that one second one yeah um so i'm still a relatively newish soccer fan um just in the past well, since uh, the loons have been in MLS, um, and didn't really get into really probably until like the season after the loons' first season in MLS. Um, and um, Martin mentioned, you know, folks like not feeling like they can really get into it because they don't have a team. I definitely like identify with that. I kind of didn't really know like who I should. Like what? What is who I should root for? Like what is the appropriate, uh, you know, sort of question on which to decide your Premier League team? So um, I just went with Wolves because uh, they, you know, were uh, recently promoted and then kind of gave uh, Big Six kind of a run for the money. I think they at one point they had four total wins against. Uh, Big six clubs in 2018, 2019, I think. So um, they, they were just really fun to watch. They had this this weird kind of energy that I didn't feel from, you know, watching like Manchester City or Tottenham. Well, they were, they were historically good when they were promoted as well. They were as good yeah. as a championship team that had been promoted ever been. So um, that was a good year to get on the bandwagon too. Yeah. I just, yeah, I really like, I mean, I like watching Wolves as well. Um, and uh, I really like their manager, Nuno Espirito. He's a, oh, uh, he's, he's yeah, a fun so, dude. <laughs> yeah. So is like just a oh yeah, that dude. The dude who looks like Dianne. Bo Jackson, yeah. <laughs> like just a, just a tank. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I I tend to agree with Martin. Like I just you know I'm always interested to hear how people find out yeah. about 
the teams and how they fall in love with the, the teams that they fall in love with. Cause it is, you know, there's a, and that's, the, that's kind of the shitty part of like the gatekeeping that goes on with, with a lot of soccer fans is like, if you weren't yeah. there from the beginning, then you're not, you're not part of it. It's like, no, fuck that. If someone wants to hop on. Join whenever. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, Martin, uh, so, so what is, so obviously, um, you know, one champions of uh, England, champions of Europe, champions of the world. Um, what has been your uh, trying to think of the your, the your most favorite part of the season so far? Um, outside of like you know, Chris and Pulisic scoring a goal and and giving us a, <laughs> giving us a title. Uh, man, you've you've caught me off guard because um, obviously the season you know wasn't going on for so long. And, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it. I'll answer it this way. Um, when you got to think, I, I became a Liverpool fan in 2007. I didn't care before then. What a terrible time to become a Liverpool fan. They, they were still one of the best teams at that point, but that was right at the top of the hill before they started going down into those, those darker years there. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, some people join a club cause they're like, what's the best club that one. They went all the time. Great. I'll join that. It certainly was not a case of that. I joined it about uh, at about the worst time. So I think what was um, I can't think of a moment to be honest with you because it because it's it's been too weird a year. But I, I recall the feeling that um, that this truly was going to be the year. The, the feeling that other t- fans of clubs must get when their team is is thoroughly dominant, convinced of a win every week when uh, uh, anything but a win seems like um, uh, you know lost points and a failure. And I never quite felt that way about Liverpool. Even last year when we had an excellent run, the best second place team that ever existed, I never, ever felt like it was a, like we had it. It was a foregone conclusion. You know, you remember some of the wins they had last year um, on their way to second place, absolute butt clinchers. And this year I felt confident every game. There's no chance. We got this, we got this, we got this. And I've never felt like that before. So I think, that's been one of my favorite things about this is finally as a Minnesota sports fan. And then as a Liverpool fan starting in 2007, every team has just been a heartbreaker and I get just a slam dunk. That was kind of a cool feeling for once in my life. Yeah, I would, I, I would have to agree. I can't remember who I was talking to somebody about this. It was just like, there was, I want to say it was, must've been, must've been in September when, we we went on the road and we beat someone late and then um I'm trying to find the game and then there was the same match uh, or same day man city dropped points to norwich uh in norwich and that just didn't happen <laughs> right like man city did not drop points to norwich um liverpool like you know didn't you know come from behind to win i got now I'm blanking on what uh what match that was but i'm pretty sure it was sometime in Sometime in September. Anyways, that was when I um, maybe it was like beating uh, Sheffield United on the road, um, one nothing. Um, anyways, it was uh, so that was that was I, that that was for me. That was like okay, this might be, this is probably going to be the year. I think we at that point we were up like seven points up on City already, and um, <clears throat> clearly looked like we it was going to be a two team title race if if there was going to be a title race. Um, found out you know later that there wasn't really going to be a title race. Um, no. Yeah. So I, I said, like, hey, this is a slam dunk. Is easy it ever is it ever came now? I remember though, back in about February, um, West Verdine, who many on the podcast will know, 
uh, he, he said something on, um, on Twitter about, oh, I'm so sick of hearing Liverpool fans talk about how, oh, it's not over till it's done. We had a huge lead at that point. He's like, come on, guys, let's just don't be dumb about it. It's obviously – and, like, we've seen enough. You just watch. Something will happen. It is not done till it's done. And then coronavirus hit. And then I was like, I knew it. I knew we could find something. And then they were talking about voiding the season and stuff. And I'm like, I knew it. If there's a global pandemic to be had, it's going to stop a Liverpool win. It's going to happen. So um, I'm glad that it didn't come to that, but uh, proved him wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely uh, that was definitely a little nerve wracking, um, <clears throat> especially especially when uh, France just voided the rest of the early. You know, France just ended their season. I was like. It's like there's no way that one of these big leagues is going to just completely just end their season. And then, like, within, like, I think three days, uh, the Netherlands had ended their season. France had ended their season. I think Scotland had all ended their season. I was like, holy shit, England might actually not finish their season. So um, I'm going to give a big shout-out to the Bundesliga for showing everybody that you can play soccer. And, and, and to be fair, the Belarusian League. Um, Shout-out to uh, uh, Slutz and Brest for uh, showing us that you can actually play soccer. Um, they play it with some fans in the stadiums, in the stands. I have no fucking idea how that, was, how that works. Because so. their country manages themselves and their public health effectively. <laughs> no, the Belarusians? No, they don't. <laughs> Maybe the Germans. Compared to a second-world country like ours, they do. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, I guess the... Uh, is there anything in specific that you're looking forward to uh, for these last seven matches? Um, I'm personally very much looking forward to the Man City Guard of Honor uh, on Thursday. That should be pretty fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope many tears are shed for all the wrong reasons there. Um, uh, honestly, so at, at this point, uh, with not much else to play for, um, you've got to be thinking ahead. I, I hope that we can play safe. I hope we can avoid injury. I hope we can run out some guys that would otherwise get uh, not be getting time. Those are all obvious answers there, but uh, still, nonetheless, I think are important. Um, and as you look ahead to next season, you've got to think about um, who's going to be asking for big money, who's going to be up for a big move and things like that. You want to have the people positioned as well as you can uh, to fill those holes uh, if they emerge. And this is a time when you can start to – test trade water and uh, see what you've got on the bench a little bit more. So um, I'm hoping to see a little bit of that. <clears throat> I think everybody is locked up right now, except for uh, Ginny, um, Wijnaldum. I think he's the only one who's out, who's out of a contract in, in less than a year. I think everybody else is at least locked up through 2022, so which is good. But you're right. I think um, <clears throat> they have a lot of young kids. I think they're going to get – I think the young kids are going to get a lot of – they have all these young kids that are, you know, that are biting at the ankles of the first-teamers. And you have five subs, so I think you're going to get. I think you're so you're still going to see most of the regular starting eleven, um, you know, for the uh, you know opening lineups and things like that. But I think we're going to see a lot more of the young kids getting the sub opportunities, um, especially in those big games. If they can play against Man City at the at the Etihad, I know it's not the same without any fans. Um, they also have Arsenal and Chelsea and Newcastle still left to play, so they do have some some you know big teams that gets, you know, that will get them a little bit of uh, a little more big game experience, which would be good. So I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do in terms of bringing new players in this year. Um, I think they may, at least for, you know, the beginning of next year, be relying more on the, on the young kids as their, uh, their support. So 
I would love to see. So, you know, they, I know that they pump in uh, uh, fan noise for the broadcasts and stuff. Yeah. I think they should do that live in the stadium. I think all the PA speakers should be playing, and then somebody should be on there, like, measuring what they think the fan response would be. And so every time there's a bad call, they just pump in tons of booze. And so I think it would actually add this really bizarre nerve-wrackingness to it because it's, like, just ghost fans everywhere. Yeah. See if these guys can handle the pressure of ghost fans. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is, that's basically how they do it for the broadcast is, like, depending on the game states, they, they'll pump in booze and whistles and, and cheers and things like that. So if you have, so like, some – you can – have a mixer, an audio mixer at the stadium uh, doing that. Hell yeah. Yeah, I want, I want, I want, I want them to hear it. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> or you know what would be really cool is if you could get the supporters groups actually together just into a, into a, a studio or into like a, a orchestral hall for an afternoon and just record them making various cheers, songs, noises, booze, yays and stuff and actually just use their authentic homemade sounds to fill the stadium there live. I think who gives who gives crap really? Yeah, so I I know. Again, I know they do that. They use like sounds from specific matches, like matches between those two teams, like songs and things like that, as part of the mix. But yeah, I think putting putting in the stadium actually would be would be a really interesting. I mean, it probably would just blow up the speakers, the PA system. But you know, who knows? Uh, David Kellier, anything you're looking forward to towards for the end of the year? Obviously, Wolves are fighting for uh, potentially a. uh, Champions League spot next yeah. year? It looks like it might be pretty tight in the uh, tight to, to get into the, the four spot. Um, Chelsea Chelsea's at four right now. Um, Wool, or Man U just went ahead because uh, of, of Wolves today to take fifth uh, because Brighton can't defend from Mason Greenwood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's awful. Uh, and then Wolves are Wolves are six, so they they could make a a, a run for it. Um, I'd really love to see them get in a championship. Well, yeah, if Man City gets Man City loses their court case, they'll be kicked out of Champions League, and then fifth is is good, a good spot. So, <clears throat> um, all right, Martin, um, who is your all time favorite Liverpool player? Um, well, I mean, given the time period that I started following it's got to be Stevie Gerrard um you know that was he was so important to the team still at that point and then and then continue to play for so long that um that's that's my introduction to that history you know I, I don't get some of the history that you get even you know having followed five years earlier and then some of these folks are lifers you know I don't get some of that but Steven Gerrard was always a huge deal uh worldwide and uh in Liverpool and um so I, I have to gravitate toward that although I had a very, very – I remember that 2012 season with Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge scoring goals like nobody's business. And yeah. I've always had this sort of sweet spot for Luis Suarez. It has long since passed with all the water that's gone under that bridge. But he always seemed like this hurt little duckling who could just turn it around if he, somebody just believed in him. Um, again, I've gotten over it, but I had a sweet spot for him back then. I was going to say, yeah, I, uh, my, he was probably my, um, like the, the most fun player to watch. Um, you know, aside from the, uh, all the racisms and, uh, biting that he did which were yep, not great, and definitely has, has definitely, um, you know, soured, <laughs> definitely soured the appreciation for Luis Suarez. Um, 
I mean, obviously, I, I do remember. I do remember watching the Champions League final in 2005 uh, when uh, Stevie kicked in that comeback uh, against uh, AC Milan. Um, so I, you know, have the soft, soft spot for uh, Steven Gerrard as well. The, I mean, I think you know it's been it's been kind of crazy, but um, Sadio Mane has really, really came to the forefront as one of my favorite players. That dude has got um, that dude has a fucking engine. He just doesn't stop running. He makes really uh, smart, incisive plays. And everything I read about him is just, he's just like the nicest person. He just does, like, he, you know, from his origin story, from where he came, where, you know, where he grew up, uh, and, you know, his uh, um, time at Salzburg and, and Southampton and all these places. Everybody, like, no one has said, has, like, I've ever read one single bad word about, um, about Saudi Mane. Mo Salah is the same way. I mean, Mo Salah, in, considering the platform that Mo Salah has, you know, in, in Egypt and, and all that, and what he's done with this platform, um, that's, I mean, that's the other great thing about, like, this Liverpool team is that there's not really a shitty dude on there. Like, most teams have, like, one guy who you're like, eh, it's fucking David Luiz, right? Like, that guy, or, you know, it's, it's, it's somebody on almost every team is like, you're like, yeah, it's, he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. So we put up with him. I think every single player on this team, like um, almost every other uh, uh, fan base would love to have almost any of the players that we have um, on this, on this team. So, which I think is, you know, there's such good dudes and they're, they're coached by the head good dude. (laughs) Right. um, Like he's impossible not to love. Um, He's, he's sexy and he's funny and he does great dance moves he's the ultimate dad like he's it's just he's he's dad coach like if he doesn't bring orange slices i'd be shocked and it's it's awesome they're just a bunch of menches and you don't get that at high level sports like this too often so um and it won't last that way forever they're gonna end up signing uh the next luis suarez and then the next cristiano ronaldo it, it's just how it's just how the cycle works but we need to cherish this while it's happening because uh, you don't often get this uh, great mix of energy, but talent as well. All right. So, so, so quick question. Um, you're at a charity auction and you're at the, you're, you're, you know, it's a silent auction, you're walking around and there's a, uh, a silent auction item that is a, a hug from Jurgen Klopp. How much are you willing to bid <laughs> for a hug from Jurgen Klopp? What's the charity? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to you support. I don't, he doesn't, it could be whatever. Um, <clears throat> See, yeah, I think whatever. that's interesting though. So like, what if the charity were like turning point USA, <laughs> but I'd be, okay, well, let's <laughs> think about this. Yeah. <clears throat> Just a charity that you would support where, like, how far are you willing to go? And I, I asked that question because I don't think I know the answer. Um, I don't think I would even allow myself to start building because I would want to win that bid and, and, um, would probably like need to take out a second mortgage on our house. Yeah. Um, do, I, do I get a picture? Of the, do I get a picture of the hug? Yes. Okay. The hug. Get a picture of the hug. Get video of the hug. Even video of the hug. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd say about a thousand dollars. I could part ways with a thousand dollars for a hug from Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I think I would be willing to figure out, try and figure out a way to scrounge up a thousand dollars. Um, yeah. for sure. So definitely figure out a way to scrounge it up because I don't have a thousand dollars to use on a, on a hug right now, but um, I'm, I'm interested in Kelly's response to that because yeah. I, mean, I know that you're not a Liverpool fan, but you, I mean, you got to admit Klopp's a good looking, nice dad, dude. It'd be nice to get a hug from a good dude. Right. 
Yeah, you just, you know, you just like, you watch a game and you just like feel him like patting you on the back, just like, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> You'll get it. You got it. So what what would you what would you pay then for that hug? Oh, like ten bucks. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a hug. Like I can get a hug from somebody else. I mean, I, I I already get what I need from Jurgen Klopp, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's a fair point, but okay. but but imagine you could imagine the hug is also um your so let's add some more caveats. So you're on you're on the field at Anfield, and you get to run from like the goal mouth where Allison was when they, when they won the, the Merseyside Derby last year <clears throat> and you get to jump in, you get to like do a running jump hug. Does that, does that add to your, uh, your willingness to pay? No. I mean, it'd be, I mean, I guess that'd be like a, a neat thing you could say you would do, but like, you know, Again, uh, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a Liverpool fan, but you know, is he, is he running toward us? Is, is so in this scenario, we're running toward. Is he running toward us as well? Yes. Fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> good, good man, good man. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to just dis- discuss or talk about, uh, Martin? About this amazing yeah. season of ours. Um, the the only the only thing I want to end on is to is to bring back around a point that uh, I, I mentioned earlier. If if uh, anybody's listening who doesn't have a EPL team or or um, this is not just about EPL, it's other leagues that you might not initially feel attracted to, whether they are other European leagues or my pet interest. Um, if you're really trying to figure out a way to get into like women's soccer and you just don't know where to start, um, you know there's not an NWSL team close to you or a WPL team close to you you don't have to set the bar so incredibly high that you had to grow up there and you have to have been this lifelong fan and lived through the harbor. You find the kind of, as I put it earlier, little winds that blow you in the direction of that and build the story from there. Because once you have it, it, it you, you can become a part of that community and get sucked into it. You can become a Liverpool fan. I've never been to Liverpool. That's fine. Um, but I, I feel a camaraderie with people I've never even met over it. I'm sure, Kelly, you feel the same way about Wolves fans. If you meet one out in the wild, you see him with that jersey on, you're like, hell yeah, you're pointing at that. It becomes a thing. Build the story from it. Don't be so afraid to say Utah Royals. You know what? I'm getting into NWSL this year. They're all hanging out in Utah right now. Utah Royals, love the jerseys. It's all on that. It, who cares? Then meet the community and grow into it. Build your story from there. Um, just don't be afraid to do it. Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. I uh, we on the podcast we all we all picked uh, NWSL teams to follow, and I I got the courage, so uh, I became a North Carolina Courage fan. So, so front runner. Does everyone does everyone hate you now because they were like obviously dominant in the league? Well, they should be. I mean, the the, the game the other day, notwithstanding, they yeah. should be dominant every game. So, well, are they just like everybody could pick their own team? And I I wanted to pick someone that was that, that wasn't picked by one of the else. So I was like, oh, I'll take I'll take North Carolina. Um, I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, I think they they won last year. So I know they have that crazy homophobic lady on their team. So I was not a super huge fan of that. But <clears throat> they do have some really good players. And so I was very excited to uh, to, to watch them. And actually, funny, I was at the, at the Blackheart on Saturday to watch the first game. Watched, like, the first, like, 60 minutes. And then I had to go to my brother's weightlifting competition and missed all of the goals. So <laughs> didn't see any of the goals. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll be there. 
probably tomorrow to watch uh, to watch a match. So um, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for for jumping on and doing this. Um, I as I yes, um, I will be at the uh, um, Blackheart on Thursday for the Zellberg Derby. My wife is a Man City fan, as everybody probably knows, um, and so we call that match the Zellberg Derby. Uh, she's won it once in the five years that we've been together. So. Um, a lot of Liverpool wins and uh, draws, so um, hoping to keep that keep that streak going. So, bets about for the Solar Kid. So, yeah, yeah, come on, it's Thursday at two fifteen Central Time. If you want to come down to the Blackheart, make sure you wear your fucking masks and uh, let's, uh, let's we can raise a beer and, and toast Liverpool. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for for jumping on. Yeah, love it, love you guys. Thanks for inviting me back. Well, yeah, of course, anytime, man. Through a storm, hold your hand up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of a storm. There's a golden sky And the sweet silver song Of love Walk on through the wind Walk on through the rain Ah uh-huh.